Hello and welcome to Brothers in Tech, our deep dive episode off of the topic of computers. Uh, we started a topic earlier in the month about computers in general, and now we're at our final deep dive episode going in, talking some technology talk and helping uh, share some knowledge and information for everybody out there. If you are either the IT default IT person in your family or group of friends, or someone who finds yourself calling on that default IT person a little too much and hoping to learn some of this stuff yourself. My name is Alan Jackson, one of the two brothers in tech with me on the other side of the country. Joining us is my brother, Brian Jackson. How you doing, Brian? I'm good, Alan. How are you? Doing great, as yeah. always. Yeah. Uh, as always. We're, We've been having fun talking about computers. Is that? We're in the deep, deep dive now. We're, we're, we're this getting... Is, uh, this is the this is the deep end of the pool for sure. We have uh, tiptoed to that deep end. Uh, we've we've talked about form factors. We've talked about operating systems. We've talked about computer specs. Now we're going to be talking about a different type of computer that we're just going to give a little bit of an overview on. Uh, there's a lot of great resources online if you want to learn more about this topic. But I think our job here is to kind of really help people understand what this device is and how it could be used. And we are talking about the Raspberry Pi. So Raspberry, like the, like the, uh, it's a fruit, right? Raspberry, yeah, <laughs> yes, and pie. A fruit, yes. <laughs> I don't know why I had to ask that. Hi, Alan. Um, it's a dessert. <laughs> Just so you know, that's a food. Yeah. Okay, Raspberry spelled like the fruit, and then uh, pie, P-I, uh, like three point one four, and so on. So the Raspberry Pi. Um, Brian, the reason I wanted to bring this up as another deep dive is because we've been talking so much. Macintosh or Windows based computers. And that is going to cover 99% of people's needs on a computing basis, I'm sure. But, and I've never been one to dabble too much into Linux or other alternative operating systems. I've really never had a need to until the Raspberry Pi came around. So the Raspberry Pi, uh, you have not had a lot of experience with this. Am I right, Brian? Or have you? No, no, I'm going to be, I'm going to be giving you questions today because this is, uh, this is something that I have not had a ton of experience with. I mean, I have played sure. with, played with one, but I have not actually kind of created one myself. So yeah. So you're yeah, going to be me today. Well, great. So Raspberry Pi, it, it's, it's started as kind of an open source type of uh, platform where they're taking the operating system or really you know, any kind of operating system you can run on these things. Primarily they're using a version of uh, some sort of variant of Linux. The whole goal of this, this, this device is to have super inexpensive, super small, super modular computers. So when we talk about the Raspberry Pi, we are truly talking about a size of a deck of cards computer that you can normally buy between maybe 30 and 50 or $60. And it's a computer. It is a full functioning computer. It's got a processor on it. It's got RAM. It's got you know, all the things we talked about in our specs discussion in the last episode. And you can hook it up to a monitor and you can power it up and you will have an operating computer. Now the trade-offs are the reason that, you know, it's maybe very inexpensive and not something I would recommend for any, every home user to use is that it, it does not run Mac operating system or it doesn't run Windows operating system. It runs uh, a typically a version of Linux or some other type of Linux-based operating system. Now, that may turn off a lot of people right away and say, well, I don't, I don't know Linux. It's, I've always heard it's a lot more of a programming 
development platform, which is true. It is not meant for as much home use. I don't feel like it's not meant for as much general use. It's, it's meant for a lot more specific applications. Okay. But again, when you start, you know, even despite the trade-offs of the operating system you got to use and some other uh, things I'm going to mention in a minute, when you look at the price of getting a full function computer where you could spend less than $100 and have a fully robust computer ready to use to, to tackle some interesting projects you may have, it's a really intriguing model, okay? So Raspberry Pi, I, there are a lot of other little mini PCs or other type of variant computers that do some similar things. Raspberry Pi is really the one that's kind of caught a lot of people's imagination by storm. And I think people are doing some really interesting things with these little, these little computers. It's kind of treated almost like a hobbyist computer. It's almost like if someone really wants to go in and have it be used for a particular project or a specific application, it's really good for that. Um, so some projects I can even mention offhand that I've seen people use these Raspberry Pis to do. Um, you can run Plex server on it. We talked about Plex in one of our very early episodes about media players. A Plex server is a, uh, is a, is a server program you can run on your home network or somewhere that can archive and keep up and manage your library of video and uh, photos and other media and then deliver those out to your devices. So imagine you've got a computer sitting in your home running the Plex server, and that way from your phone, your tablets, your iPad, your, your even on the road remotely, you can still be playing videos from your home media server. Well, this Raspberry Pi can actually do that. It can be a Plex server. So all of a sudden you've got a home media server for possibly around $50 that you're able to put in. Hmm. Um, I use it with display systems. Uh, I'll talk about that when we get to my suggestions, but there are ways you can hook these up to a large display screen and have them be what powers a dynamic visual display system on your on your large screen format. So uh, other people have used it to do like uh, uh, as little mini servers. My son has one that we built that he runs a Minecraft server on. He plays a uh, Minecraft and has friends join his server and they can all collaborate on the same Minecraft projects. And it's just running on this little $40, $50 Raspberry Pi sitting in our home. So um, there are great applications for it. I will just say that, you know, there are going to be some hoops and hurdles you got to go through to get it configured and make it set it up the way you want it. Um, so Alan, t tell me yeah. when you say, so it's inexpensive, right? So you can buy, you can buy a base Raspberry Pi for what? What would you say? Just, just the, just the processor itself, 30, 35? Yeah, I think that's about right. I'm looking right now on their shop, um, just trying to see on the Raspberry Pi. And that's, by the way, I'll just recommend, you know, if you're interested in learning more about this product, I would definitely go to raspberrypi.org. That would be kind of your main starting point. Not only does it show you a lot of cool projects that you can do, but it also has a products page where it shows you all the ones. And yeah, the Raspberry Pi 4 is kind of the standard one right now. And I believe its pricing is, gosh, um, sorry, I'm looking. Yeah, you can get the the board by the actual computer by itself for $35. Yep. So $35 Just the computer. is going to give you what looks like, like a little motherboard processor board, right? Yeah. And yep. so it's not going to be enclosed in anything. 
it's going to be simply the the bones, kind of the guts of this computer, right? So thirty five dollars, yeah, right. you get that, and then the benefit is that this is pretty small, right? You mentioned that. So if you think about all the things in which you need some sort of processor, but you need it in a small package. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if I was going to create, I think I saw someone created a weather station, right? Where they had kind of this small processor kind of taking in weather data and doing things with it. Uh, yeah. You mentioned a plug sure. server. So I could actually have this tucked away in a cabinet or behind the TV even so that it ran, yeah. it ran right behind the TV, right? So the benefits I are- I mean, I've, I've, got, I've, got these things, I've got these things Velcroed behind screens, TV screens throughout a facility right now. So yeah, they're, they're great for the size. Yep. Okay. So then can it replace a computer? Can it replace well, a desktop computer for somebody who doesn't have that many things yeah. that they need to do? Technically, yes. I mean, when you go through the instructions and for example, when you buy a kit, so there's a little bit of a difference where you could go and buy a Raspberry Pi computer that is just the card like you described, then you're going to have to go and set it all up and install the operating system on it and so forth. Or you can buy a kit where it's already kind of all put together for you. And instead of a hard drive, these all run off of these little smart media cards, like micro SD cards. So that's what you pop into the, to the little Raspberry Pi and that has all the, that's its hard drive. Basically that's its storage. And you can buy a kit where it's already configured with everything. So in other words, you really plug it up, plug it up to a monitor, and you've got a computer up and running. The difference is it's going to be a different type of computer operating system than you're probably used to. It is going to be running a version of Linux. Now, granted, it's a graphical interface. It has a menu bar. It's got a desktop. It's got icons. It's got folders. All the same thing. It's got a web browser. I mean, you could pull up any website from this thing and uh, use it. Um, where it's going to be kind of falling short is it's, it's not as, it's not going to run as smoothly and efficiently as maybe a Mac or windows desktop computer will. It is a little underpowered for a lot of computing processes, uh, just because of the size. I mean, you're spending 30 bucks on a computer. It's going to be a little, a little slower speed wise. Of course, every version they come out of the new raspberry Pi, it's a little faster, a little better. Um, you can't do a lot of heavy graphics applications right now. So you're not going to be watching movies, full screen HD on it. Um, you know, even playing music and other things, it's not the best experience for doing that. And you're not going to be able to download Mac programs or windows programs on it. It's going to be using Linux based programs, which are going to require you to go and manually have to install a lot of things and configure them. So again, it's not one I would recommend for anybody who's just looking for a general purpose computer. But if somebody said, look, I honestly just want to have something where I browse the web and um, maybe check my email on Gmail and that's it. And that's all I ever want to do. And I don't want to spend hardly any money. Then, okay, if you're willing to deal with a little bit of the learning curve of it, you can't really get much cheaper for setting up a computer that can still do these things. Um, you know, they do sell them in more kits instead of the $35 level you were showing you can get more kit-based ones where it has more stuff around it to kind of make it a, feel a little bit more like a polished PC ready to, sure. ready to use with some yeah. accessories and all. But um, honestly, you get started with 35 bucks. And um, again, the, the applications I've been primarily using it for are, you know, a dedicated server for something like 
Minecraft, or you could actually set up a file server to where you just have a file repository on your home network, and this is just a way of serving out to people. You can do a Plex server on it. You can do display systems on it. Some people are using them for programming projects or like uh, building little robotics that this becomes the brain of a robotic and that's its singular purpose to do. It's really fun, but I do want to stress again, it's really meant, it's, in my mind, it's meant a little bit more as a hobbyist computer yep. as yep. opposed to a full functioning, I'm going to do everything in my world on this computer. It's, you kind of need to go into it with an idea of what you want to do, or maybe just get one and start playing with to see what you can do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's really, I think, where it pays off the most. Yeah. yeah. So probably a good thing for maybe kids that are wanting to to kind of learn a little bit about computers and what, you know, you're not having to spend a lot of money on for them to be able to play around and try to add peripherals and that sort of thing. Right. Well, Alan, yeah. so tell me, I mean, so, it, go I was going to say real quick, I'm sorry, if you go to the raspberry Pi org website, if you're curious about this kind of a kind of device, there's actually a projects tab and on the website. And if you go to the projects tab, it does show you here's all the types of projects you can do on a raspberry Pi. Um, you can learn the code with on certain programming languages. Uh, you can create a website, you know, with HTML, uh, kind of learning how to hard code an actual website. Uh, programming skills for robots and robot type projects. Um, so I mean, there's a lot of things you can do. Again, it's just it's not a computer I would go to as a do everything you want to do in one box. It's more singular purpose. It's more focus on a certain application you really want to do with it. Yeah. But I mean, for 35 bucks a piece, you could have 10 of these, each one doing something different in your house if you right. really want to kind of get in there and play with things. So, right. Yeah. Well, so Alan, let me let me ask you, if I wanted to do this, if I wanted to kind of get started with one just to, to try to play around yeah. and see what I can do. So that $35, is that all I need right away? Is that going to get me to yeah. where I can actually go and program something and, and be able to, to create um, something? Or what else do we need? Close. All right. So this box, like you described, I mean, it, it comes as a core, like really just raw computer board. Yep. Now it does have some ports built into it. So, I mean, even if, uh, you know, even if you didn't want to get an enclosure, you just want to have it laying loose on a table or something. It's got a couple of USB ports on it. So you could plug up a keyboard and a mouse. Like it will work with any USB capable mouse or keyboard. Okay. So you got a spare mouse or keyboard laying around. You could plug it in there. Um, it, I think it has an ethernet jack. Yeah, I would. I if would. I remember correctly. Yep. So, so you could plug it into your ethernet connection, uh, uh, an internet connection, and there you've got it now connected to the internet. And then it's going to have an adapter that allows you to connect a uh, HDMI type cable to it. So you can connect a monitor cable to go to your HDMI compatible monitor. So, you know, you may be able to use the tools you already have, keyboard, mouse, monitor. Uh, it does come with a power supply, or at least it requires a power supply. I think you do need to buy a power supply separately. Yeah. I don't think the power supply comes with the $35 base model. Um, and yeah, it does have the standard, uh, it used to have a standard HDMI port. They have been replacing the latest ones with micro HDMI. Uh, so you will need a cable that goes from a mini HDMI to a standard size HDMI to make that work. But other than a special cable and a power supply, you can use your other stock monitor you may have laying around that has HDMI on it, and you can use any stock uh, USB mouse or keyboard. Right. But then once you've got those, you're set to go. You can interface with it and you can 
you know, start yeah. playing. You right? turn it on, power it up, it'll boot up to the Linux desktop. That's if you get one that's already configured. Now, again, if you're going to go raw on this and you want to say 35 bucks, you are going to need to get a little smart media card. And there are some instructions if you go to the raspberrypi.org website on how to download the actual operating system or a version of an operating system and then to load it onto that smart media yeah. card. So then you take that smart media card, pop it into the Raspberry Pi, and that's what allows it to boot up. So um, you may have to use you would still need that. your own computer to potentially format the yeah the, uh, the card, right? Because out of the box, you yeah. plug up the the Pi and power it up. It's not going to do anything because yeah. there's no operating. storage. It's not not got an operating system on it. So you will need to go through that. I typically will say if you really find yourself interested in this, I would go with more of a, a kit approach that's already got the operating system loaded on a smart media card, already has the things you need and all. But um, but if you, know, if you really want to go super inexpensive and just start building it out, um, you can get by for 35 bucks with some supplies you may already have around your house. Nice. Cool. Yeah. It's a fun little project thing. Again, I, I think the reason we kept this as like our last deep dive is because it's truly meant for true uh to really dig in and just want to play with, with it on a project by project basis or try to do some really unique interesting things with it um and it's a great learning tool yeah maybe you're someone who'd like to learn linux you think that actually be kind of an operating system you'd be interested in this to me would be a great platform to start learning it and getting into it and understanding it uh, or for these more dedicated purposes like we talked about application-wise. So it's a fun project tool. And I mean, I'm a Mac guy. I love my user interface. I love my ease of use. So yeah, Linux was a little daunting when I first kind of got into it. And I'm still very, very surface level knowledge of Linux. But I at least know how to make things work to get these applications I'm using it for uh, to work and to do some fun, creative things with it. Yeah. So, so let me back up just a second, Alan, because I find myself wanting to... Um, well, so we talked about Plex, right? And how Plex could be your media server at home. And I have been kind of plotting and planning to create a Plex server at home. Um, and so let's, let's kind of walk me through very briefly how I potentially could use this. So given that it's not a, an incredibly powerful uh, device, probably, I think I read that it's probably not very helpful to uh, send information remotely right? Something that's going to kind of process that info and then send it out remotely to you. But um, if I'm just using it in-house, right? I mean, if yeah. all it's doing is taking information that I have on a hard drive already and allowing you to display it, right? And if I'm not... So what I'm, what I'm thinking about is Raspberry Pi next to a hard drive plugged into my network, Okay, mm -hmm. not plugged into a TV, but plugged into my network. So then my Apple TV or my Roku will then go and look at my Raspberry Pi as my media server, which has all my content on the hard drive. Is that a doable thing? Yes. Okay. So the is hard drive. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. It's, um, it is meant to do that. So Plex is a free software. It's kind of more of an open source software. You can go to Plex's website and they will let you download a version of Plex that will run on a Raspberry Pi type of installation. Uh, you need to have your Raspberry Pi configured and set up with uh, an operating system and everything else first, like we already described. But once you've done that, and again, that's all can be done for free, raspberrypi.org will point you to how you can get 
uh, download an operating system to load on that on that Raspberry Pi. But once you've got it, um, you've got your SD slot, your little smart media card, which has the operating system you loaded on there. But then you can also hook up an external hard drive by yeah. USB. Yeah. And yeah. that you're is not, what it can read the Plex media you're for. You're not going to use the SD card as your storage I've, movies, right? Because you can't put a movie, <laughs> you can't put too many movies well, on this, right? I mean, you can put a couple, but you know, it's a, most of the ones that you need, like a 32 gigabyte little smart media card. But the operating system will take up some of that space. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, so um, but yeah, yeah. Once, you, once you've got your Raspberry Pi set up as a Raspberry Pi, it's truly, uh, you just go through, there are some instructions online on how to download the actual uh, Plex uh, server application. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you may have to do a little typing into a command line, you know, kind of a command line prompt to do the installation, but there are instructions easy if you just search for install Plex server on Raspberry Pi. Uh, but yeah, hook up a mouse, hook up a keyboard, hook up a monitor just for now, but you don't have to leave a monitor attached to it all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, have the external hard drive sitting next to it, and that's where you now uh, now do, do your Plex. So then, once it's up and running, Plex you can actually run from a uh, web browser. You can actually access your Plex, Plex server from a web browser, so you don't have to go physically sit in front of that Raspberry Pi to do your work on it as much. Um, now, will you occasionally still need to go in and? fix something on that Raspberry Pi or update something or whatever. Yeah, you may still have to go do that. Um, so I would recommend if you're going to put this on a Pi, Raspberry Pi, and then you want to put it in a closet or behind a TV, you still want to have capability to go occasionally if you need to hook up a monitor to it to work directly on it. But the hopes would be is you do that very minimal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So this absolutely can work. Yeah. It's not actually, it's not actually uh, playing the video on the Pi it is playing your movie on your device that you're streaming it to. The Pi's job is to push the video and send it to you in a format that you can play. And uh, that's what it's trying to do. So I don't recommend hooking up monitor and expecting to play movies and it be a great experience on the Raspberry Pi directly. But you set up as a Plex server and it will push the files to your, your Apple TV or your Roku or yeah. your iPad or whatever device and it will work. So yeah. Yeah, interesting. Cool. Well, that's. I think that may actually be. Uh, so, Brian, I've got an old Mac laptop running my Plex server at home. Actually, the more we talk about it in this conversation, I'm kind of tempted to just go ahead and try to see if I can set it up on a Raspberry Pi, because I could probably find another use for that Mac laptop somewhere else in my in my life. And uh, for fifty bucks or so for a Raspberry Pi, it might be a good opportunity to look at. So, I think I may give that a shot. They actually may. Uh, nice. like, us talking about it here may have inspired me to do it. So you have to let me know if you do it as well. And we'll kind of follow I'm, along. I'm very so. tempted. I think I'm going to be, uh, going to be testing that out soon. So it's good. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, that's raspberry Pi. The biggest thing I'll just say, I know this is a lot more of an overview. We didn't really go through a lot of deep specifics. The biggest thing I'll just say to anybody, if you're interested in this kind of technology, uh, raspberrypi.org would be my automatic starting point. It'll point you to not only different online stores where you can buy the kits or packages, uh, it'll also give you all the instructions and it is based on an open source community. So again, there's, it's not something where you got to buy the operating system or pay them for licensing. I mean, they, they'll just let you download it and walk you through how to install it. And you, you need to have either a windows or Mac computer to build your, your card that's going to go on the raspberry Pi. So unless you buy it already pre-made, 
you will need a computer to do it manually. So cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. Well, with that, do we have a couple of brothers and tech suggestions uh, given this kind oh. of a uh, unique uh, topic we've been going into? Well, I'll tell you, given my uh, limited to no uh, experience uh, with the Raspberry Pi world, uh, I'm actually going to use as my bit uh, something you've mentioned already, which is some of the starter kits that are out there, because this is what I am actually doing research on now to try to figure out what I'm going to purchase. But uh, there is a uh, there's a kit or a starter kit called Canna Kit, C-A-N-A-K-I-T. And Canna Kit kind of uh, has a number of different versions of these, but that starter kit, and you can purchase this on Amazon, um, or I think there's several locations, but uh, I'm looking at it on Amazon. And you can tell it whether you want a one gigabyte, a one gigabyte of RAM, two gigabytes, four gigabytes, um, but it'll come with the uh, enclosure, which is great. You know, if you wanted to have this thing look a little cleaner, maybe you were going to set it on underneath your TV or something. You wanted it to have an enclosure already. You needed the power cord. You needed the HDMI cord that we talked about, the HDMI to mini HDMI, um, even the SD card that comes with it. So basically, right out of the box for $90, so this is a $90 package, you should have everything that you need outside of that external hard drive that we talked about if you wanted to run this as a media server. You've got everything you need to use this as a uh, to kind of get yourself up and running, right? So, uh, Alan, I think you've you've had experience with this exact one, yeah. right? this Canon kit. Yeah, that exact kit. I, I I'm a big fan of the Canon kit in general. I think they put together a nice package. It comes in a box, pretty easy to set up and, and use. All the ones I've got set up in a lot of my locations are all based on these these kits, like the one you're recommending. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and I think you mentioned to me one of the reasons I liked this one also was having a power switch that can be connected to this as well. Because if not, uh, tell me if I'm wrong here, but if not, you're pretty much just unplugging it to turn it off, right? Whereas yeah. this would have a way of well, reaching back. Unless you are unless you have a monitor and everything else hooked up to it and you go and do an actual shutdown in the operating system. But yeah, otherwise, yeah, that's not the applications I, I use it for. So when I've got these things like Velcroed behind a screen for a display system, it's running an ongoing looping display. I've got the little, uh, the little extension, the power uh, switch on the power cord and I've got it positioned. So it's really easy for me to just walk up and just hit that button and that turns it off, hit it again, turns it back on. So a lot easier, a lot more convenient. It's just a, they they put together a nice kit, and it really is, it's great out of the box, ready to go. Great, yeah. So that's Canna Kit, C A N A K I T, um, is a is a good option for uh, getting you all the things you need to to get started using uh, Raspberry Pi. So, Alan, what yeah, about I mean it's 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 ready to go. So I'm gonna kind of recommend something that is a uh, um, one of the applications I mentioned. I mentioned how how I'm using Raspberry Pi and what I found is the best use for it in my, in my situation, probably not as much a home use, although I can envision some ways you could use this in your house, but there is actually a service that we use a, a, a visual display system software called rise vision, R I S E V I S I O N. It is a uh, kind of a Google Chrome based um, uh, system for setting up, digital displays. So imagine like you go into a hotel, you go into a convention center, you go into a uh, place that has a looping slideshow of screens on their big TV on the, in the lobby. 
maybe it's got videos, maybe it's got uh, directions to places, maybe it's got announcements. Um, we run a lot of those for some of our clients and design those. The Raspberry Pi has been a great tool for that because here again, I want a little computer that can go and be Velcroed behind each of these screens that will power the content. Uh, but how do you get stuff to that Raspberry Pi to actually play on the screen so you are stay up to date? That's where Rise Vision comes in. Rise Vision is a platform that uh, you pay a monthly service based on the number of displays you want to have. You can have free uh, licenses, but they're very limited in what they'll let you do. Um, but through this web interface, you can actually upload graphics, you can upload uh, images, photos, videos, uh, animations, other things, and actually decide what Raspberry Pi or what player you want to have playing what content at what time. So for example, in a, a convention center I help manage, uh, we've got like 14 screens all running on Raspberry Pis on every single screen. And I've got them labeled in my system so I can go into Rise Vision and say, I want to play these slides on these four screens between 8 a.m. and 1 p.m. this afternoon. And then on these other screens, I want this other set of slides to play at different times. And I can sequence them and coordinate their schedules. It's a lot of fun to get into. Now, I know that this podcast is kind of set up as a more home family tech. And uh, I, I, I've been envisioning, Brian, in my perfect world, taking of the Raspberry Pi with Rise Vision display system. And I would actually have screens in my home that I can push out messages based on the time of day and based on what we're supposed to be doing. So you wake up in the morning, you walk down to the kitchen, there's a little screen hanging in the kitchen and it, from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. It's saying, good morning. And it's telling you the weather automatically. And it's all these things. Then as it gets later in the day, Kids are coming home from school. It says, hey, by the way, remember, do your homework. <laughs> it's a little message that pops up on the screen. Uh, then it tells you our schedule. If the family is scheduling anything, hey, we got dinner out tonight at 7 o'clock. And that's scrolling on the screen. I've already envisioned all this. Will I actually do it? Probably not. But if I had to figure out a way to apply this to a home technology, I would be using Raspberry Pis at 30, 40, 50 bucks a pop. Yep. This Rise Vision system. And I would create something really cool within my house for my family to use. Uh, would they actually use it the right way? Probably not. And would they think I'm crazy for rolling it out? Yes, they absolutely would. <laughs> but it would still be a fun project nonetheless. So I'm saying Rise Vision is worth checking out online. If you're interested, have any interest in doing something with digital signage for any application. Yeah. So I'm thinking five o'clock, it says time to fix daddy a drink, right? And, you know, whoever, whoever just read this, please, please pour my drink as I'm coming home. Put up the recipe. Say, here's the recipe that here's dad's drink needs to power today. And you can vary it up. Say, look, on Monday, show me the whiskey sour one. Yep. On Tuesday, I feel like a martini tonight. Let's fix a martini. And you could have it scheduled that certain times, certain days of the week, it's going to show up at the different screens. So really yeah. an educational application is what you're saying. I think so. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it that way. It's a family educational tool. Yeah. Um, when there's a, uh, when there's a game on uh, any sports, when those resume uh, in the future, uh, show me the score, pop it up there. Show me a stock ticker as I'm walking uh, through the house. If I'm curious about any stocks, you know, just yep. typical family stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. Show you in the room that you're in, it shows you the score, but in every other room, it says, please be quiet. Daddy's, that's watch right. Daddy's watching. Again. Daddy's watching. 
Daddy's watching a movie. Daddy's watching a game. Uh, every other screen says be quiet, except the one in the room where you're watching it. Daddy's I mean, all, actually, sleep alone. <laughs> Brian, I'm, I hadn't really put that much thought into this idea as I did just now, but actually the more I'm thinking about it, I'm, I'm, I'm totally going to do this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm going to find some old screens. Right. 20 to 30 inch TVs, you know, ones that you can buy super cheap or maybe find some used ones or find ones you're not using anymore. And, uh, and then these little raspberry pies on there, man. And I would totally rock this thing out. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I could see, do they make, do they make screens that can be refrigerated? Because inside the fridge can be like, do not touch my sandwich or something. You know, I mean, you could, you could have all sorts of really cool stuff with like, nope, that is, you know, that is my drink. Do not touch it. Um, oh yeah, that's good. I, I, I would need to read research. I don't know the temperature range of the monitor or screen, but that, we would check into that. That's, that's, I think, I think we need another deep dive episode on just this concept right now. So. And if we could go back and add like IFTTT with this thing. And I mean, all the things we've covered in the past, we can really make this pretty slick. I think there's lots of, lots of cool things that can happen. So yeah, absolutely. Like it, well, like hey, you got some great ideas. So that's what the, that's what the deep, deep dives are all about, Brian. It's all about getting really deep and generating some ideas of other new, cool things we could do. So. If you have been listening to us all along, thanks for listening all the way through this last deep dive episode. We're officially done with our computer topics discussion for now. Um, not to say that in the future, we don't kind of circle back around maybe and do some revisiting of some of these or go a little, little further on some of these categories, but we will be planning for our next episodes to actually go into a whole new topic uh, area for you. So Brian, this being the Brothers in Tech podcast, we want to open up our communications to all of our brother and sisters in tech out there across the country. How can they uh, reach out to us if they have a question or idea? Yeah, send us an email at info at themesh.tv, info at themesh.tv, and tell us uh, things you'd like to see in future uh, episodes in terms of topics, maybe Maybe you've come up with a really cool uh, way of getting your kids to fix you a drink uh, in the evening, and we'd like to know kind of how that works. Um, so tell us how you're using your Raspberry Pi. Um, we'd love to love to hear from you. So uh, that's info at themesh.tv. Absolutely. Sounds great. And again, just thanks for listening and, you know, subscribe to the show if it's something where you're just listening to this first episode and uh, you want to make sure you get other ones that we put out in the future. Subscribing is a great way to do that. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify, and iHeartRadio, everywhere else where podcasts are being uh, distributed. And we do recommend subscribing if you just want to make sure you don't miss anything going forward or don't have to come hunt us down for a new episode. So with Alan, that, we'll go ahead and sign off. Yeah. Real quick. I don't want to jinx us, but is this going to be our shortest episode ever? I, I really oh, don't want to, don't, don't, don't come up with another topic. No, I'm saying <laughs> are we, this could be the shortest episode we've ever had. And oh, man. I, I'm kind of wondering if we ramble a little longer and, you know, kind of, I mean, people or are being around. I could <laughs> think of something. No, yeah, we'll go and wrap it up. That's, that's true. It is a short episode. Um, Despite us long-winded, we, we hit a topic. We, honestly, we just don't have as much to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Yeah. All right. Well, this All has right. been Brothers in Tech, short episode of Brothers in Tech, but thanks for sticking around. We will look forward to talking to you in our next episode. Bye-bye.